Earlier this week, news broke that China once considered taking over Taiwan in the fall of this year. The plan was revealed in a document allegedly from Russia's security agency. A source has told FTV that the term take over is not an accurate translation of the original Russian text. According to the source, a more precise translation would be, quote, capture. It will capture Taiwan. That word in the first sentence means capture. Capture means to take or snatch from someone's hand. Taking over Taiwan might involve so-called non-military means, perhaps political means. For example, they could use proxies in an attempt to subvert Taiwan from within and then complete the takeover. But this second term, capture, that involves military means and the use of force to change the status quo. According to award-winning Bulgarian journalist Christo Grozev, the leaked Russian document is authentic. Grozev said he showed the document to two confirmed contacts from the Russia, Russian security agency who said they had no doubt that it was written by a colleague. A KMT lawmaker says that Taiwan should not try to compete under its own name at the Paris Olympics, as doing so could trigger a Chinese invasion. Speaking at the Legislative Yuan, lawmaker Shua Kechao said that Taiwan should avoid giving China a reason to invade. He also drew parallels with Ukraine, saying that Ukraine's president was partly to blame for Russia's invasion. In response, a DPP lawmaker said he was parroting Chinese rhetoric to sow fear in Taiwan. A ruling party official said that Taiwan's name change campaign and Ukraine were unrelated issues. Russia's war in Ukraine has left a trail of destruction in Eastern Europe. On Thursday, a KMT lawmaker cast blame for the invasion on Ukraine's president. This is all because the president of Ukraine made a huge mistake. His policies have led to the death of civilians and military personnel. He was speaking to the head of the Central Election Commission at the Legislative Yuan. The focus of discussion was Taiwan and a referendum campaign to change its name for the Paris Olympics. We have to be extremely careful with this referendum. You are the Central Election Commission. Suppose that the people support it. We don't want that to become a reason for the other side of the strait to invade us. The invader is Russia. Of course we must condemn them, condemn them severely. They're guilty of terrible crimes. Why is the Ukrainian president responsible? The war in Ukraine and our review of this referendum proposal on whether the proposal is approved, I don't think one issue has anything to do with the other. The CEC official pushed back against the lawmaker. Later, another KMT lawmaker took the lectern. He is a leader. The president of Ukraine is the leader of his country. The question is whether he exhausted all the means he had to prevent a war. So I think what legislator Shwak Katsal meant to say is that we should look at the situation in Ukraine and then think about our own situation. Taiwan's procurement of arms to boost self-defense might provoke Beijing. Whose argument is that? That's said by China itself. The KMT also says that. Such an argument doesn't just distort the truth and make us contemptible. It also plants anxiety in the hearts of the Taiwanese people. This hole that's being created within us might actually be worse than an external invasion. 
to fill up this hole. We have democratic mechanisms that remove those who should be removed. The DPP lawmaker said the KMT was sowing doubt among Taiwanese, and he called on voters to remove KMT members from office. He said that by pointing the finger of blame at Ukraine, Taiwan's opposition was tarnishing the image of democracy. Returning to our coverage of the Russian invasion of Ukraine, let's head now to Poland for a deeper look at the refugee crisis. There are 2.8 million Ukrainian refugees in neighboring countries right now, of which more than 1 million are in Poland. Among the volunteers coming forward to help, Taiwanese citizens are stepping up. We spoke to former resident of Taiwan, YouTuber and media personality Stan to get a local view on the situation. Rows of makeshift beds have been laid out inside this Polish gymnasium. Luggage belonging to Ukrainian refugees fills all the remaining space. Meanwhile, the Refugee Welcome Center is preparing to shelter more people. Poles have given material and medical assistance, and many have welcomed Ukrainians into their homes. Those with little material wealth have volunteered their time, like the YouTuber known as Stan from Poland. The resident of Wrocław, a city in western Poland, drove overnight through Warsaw to reach the eastern border city of Lublin, where many refugees need help. Lots of shelters have been set up in the east. To start with, I will take a look at what it's like here at the border. Right now, Ukrainians basically don't need to apply for a visa to come to Poland. They don't even need a passport. They can just use Ukrainian domestic documents. Refugees can enter with no passport and get a job without a visa. The Polish government can arrange schooling for Ukrainian children. Stan told us how many Taiwanese in Poland are taking part in aid activities. Several Taiwanese families have taken in Ukrainians. There's another group of Taiwanese who have donated a large amount of resources and funds. I think it's easier for Taiwanese people to empathize because the Taiwanese have always been threatened by the neighbor. War is not far from us. It's not far from anyone. So if anyone is unfortunate enough to fall into a war, we must help. In the 20th century, Poland was successfully annexed by the Soviet Union in Nazi Germany. After nine years living in Taiwan, Stan's deepest wish is for democratic countries to stand united. This war has finally allowed the democratic nations, including NATO, Japan and Taiwan, to realize the threat coming from the totalitarian nations. I hope they will move fast and truly unite. The war continues to wreak havoc in Ukraine, but people from all around the world are coming together to offer refugees asylum. The Mirage 2000 is in the hot public glare after a malfunction caused one to crash into the sea earlier this week. Critics say the jet should be decommissioned as it's expensive to fly and hard to find parts for. But one retired officer says it would be a waste to scrap the fighters, which were procured at a great expense. He says the fleet might be 25 years old, but it still has enormous potential in a battle scenario. Mirage 2000 fighter jets are a mainstay of Taiwan's Air Force. Earlier this week, a pilot was forced to eject from a Mirage 2000 during training after detecting an equipment malfunction. Although he survived, the incident has thrust Taiwan's 25-year-old fleet of Mirages into the spotlight. Currently, the availability rate for Mirage 2000s is 60%. How does this number compare with other jets? Is this rate higher or lower than that of other countries? 
Taiwan's 60% is higher than the global average. Because we need to be battle ready, we need to have this much of our air fleet available for use. Here's how Taiwan's three main jets stack up. The homegrown indigenous defense fighter has an availability rate of 80%. The US-made F-16V stands at roughly 75%. The French-made Mirage 2000 has the lowest rate of 60%. Not only does the Mirage 2000 have the lowest availability rate, it's also the most expensive to operate at 800,000 NT per hour. The F-16B and IDF cost 160,000 NT and 250,000 NT per hour, respectively. That's less than a third of the cost of using a Mirage 2000. The supply chain for the Mirage 2000 is long, being far away in Europe and France. It's a rare model, so keeping the availability rate high is not easy. It's not easy because its supply chain is complicated. That leads to a very high maintenance cost. The reason they can reach 60% might be that when planes are grounded for weekly inspections or factory maintenance, some of their parts are removed and installed on operable planes. This keeps the availability rate up. That's probably what's happening. Taiwan has signed a deal with the U.S. for 66 F-16B Block 70 fighter jets. They're due to be delivered by 2026. With new planes on the horizon, there are calls for Taiwan to phase out its Mirage 2000 fleet, but some say that would be a waste. So much money has been poured into the Mirage 2000 fleet. We purchased all the jets and we have such good pilots. The Mirage's maintenance system, maintenance equipment and maintenance test rigs are all operating normally to this day. The only issue is that procuring spare parts is somewhat time-consuming and that the parts are slightly more expensive. But hundreds of billions of dollars have already been invested in this fleet. I don't think we should decommission it. The Mirage 2000 has tremendous potential to play a superior role in air warfare. The retired officer says Taiwan has a limited budget for arms procurement and that it should make the most of its existing equipment. Taiwan reported zero local COVID cases on Thursday. It also reported 91 imported cases, the most since Lunar New Year. 41 of the imported cases were found upon arrival of the airport, with the remaining 50 tested positive during quarantine. 19 of the cases arrived from the Philippines. Since March 7th, international arrivals have only had to quarantine for 10 days instead of 14. This means that starting on Friday, arrivals under the new policy will be released from quarantine. After release, they'll be subject to a self-health management period with mandatory rapid tests on the second and fourth days. The CCC says it will closely monitor developments with these new arrivals before deciding whether to further ease border controls. The U.S. is grappling with its worst inflation in 40 years. As expected, the Federal Reserve raised interest rate by a quarter percentage point on Wednesday. It's the Fed's first rate, rate hike since 2018, and it's likely to be followed by six more increases in the remainder of the year. Let's hear from the Fed. The economy is very strong, and against the backdrop of an extremely tight labor market and high inflation, the committee anticipates that ongoing increases in the target range for the federal funds rate will be appropriate. It can't be denied that raising interest rates will have a depressing effect on the economy. But the Fed has two purposes here. The first is controlling inflation. The second is to temper an overheated economy. Compared to doing nothing, raising interest rates is the better solution. 
following the Fed announcement, Taiwan's central bank also boosted key interest rates by a quarter percentage point. This is Taiwan's first rate hike since 2011, and it will come into effect on Friday. The central bank also slightly raised its annual GDP forecast from 4.03% to 4.05%. Health insurance copays are about to go up. Taiwan plans to raise fees for a range of medical services, including prescription filing, lab tests, and diagnostic exams. Under a proposal unveiled on Wednesday, prescription copays will rise up to 20%. Using an emergency room for minor conditions will cost 250 NT more than before. The changes are expected to come into effect in the first half of this year. So many in Taiwan depend on the health care system, but following years of operating at a loss, administrators say they must raise prices. Under a newly published proposal, patients will remain exempt from copays for drugs costing up to 100 NT, but for prescriptions costing more than 100 NT, copays will be raised by a maximum of 20 percent, up to a cap of 200 NT at clinics and regional hospitals and 300 NT at medical centers. Prescriptions for chronic diseases will go up by the same rates, although fees will continue to be waived for the second and third refills. Copays will be reduced by up to 150 NT for patients who use emergency clinics for serious conditions. However, costs will rise from 550 to 800 NT for patients who seek emergency care for mild conditions. Copays for medical tests and diagnostic examinations will also be raised, with payments capped at 400 NT. The draft is subject to a 14-day notice period for public comment. Taiwan Healthcare Reform Foundation says the proposed changes are disappointing. Both the appeals of the public and the promises previously made to payers were all ignored in the contents of this proposal. From what we see in the draft, we, Taiwan Healthcare Reform Foundation, must say we are extremely disappointed. At a time when the epidemic is affecting the economy, when the price of everything is on the rise, you rashly raise the cost of so many items, affecting the right of the people to seek medical treatment. According to the Taiwan Alliance of Patients Organizations, the changes won't deter the rich from abusing the health care system, but could keep the poor from getting needed care. The Consumers Foundation says the cost of one outpatient visit could leap sevenfold, from 50 to 350 NT. It recommends waiving copays for diagnostic exams that cost up to 200 NT. Amid rampant inflation, higher medical bills will make it harder for disadvantaged people to make ends meet, it says. Of course, I don't agree with the changes. Why should healthcare costs go up by so much? People who abuse the system should be penalized. If you're not sick, why are you picking up a prescription? I suppose we should all pitch in to support the system, because the health insurance system is on the verge of bankruptcy. Outside of one local hospital, people had mixed views on the new copays. Administrators of the health insurance system say the changes are designed to reduce medical waste. What we hope to do is to correct certain unnecessary behaviors in the users of our medical system. It's only after doing that that we can conserve our medical resources for people who truly need them, for purposes like cancer care or the treatment of serious injury. Only then can we have the funds to cover that. 
when it comes to the health insurance system and its overall management, we hope to very pragmatically face up to our plight to ensure the sustainable operation of the system. Once the changes come into effect, medical costs will increase for an estimated 14.54 million people. About 5 million of them will see a rise that's less than 200 NT a year. The Health Promotion Administration said that due to the pandemic, cancer screening has greatly decreased. In 2021, screenings for Taiwan's top four cancers fell by 23 percent compared to the year 2019. The HPA is urging the public to get screened regularly because early detection and treatment can improve the cancer survival rate. Due to the pandemic, cancer screenings have significantly decreased due to the fear of getting infected in the hospital. The HPA provides four cancer screening tests. In 2020, about 4.55 million people received cancer screenings. In 2021, that figure went down to 3.89 million people. Compared against 2020, cancer screenings went down 14.6% in 2021. Compared to 2019, cancer screenings went down 23.4%. Screenings have dropped for all of Taiwan's top four cancers, breast, cervical, oral and colorectal cancer. Screenings have declined for the top four cancers, particularly for oral cancer. We are targeting high-risk groups and encouraging them to go for early screening and early treatment as much as possible. According to the Health Promotion Administration, one person is diagnosed with breast cancer every 36 minutes. For breast cancer screenings, the HPA provides subsidies for women aged 45 to 70 and second-degree relatives aged 40 to 44. If these people get x-ray examinations every two years, breast cancer death can be reduced by 41 percent and late-stage incidence rates by 30 percent. The HPA subsidized screening for oral cancer, colorectal cancer, breast cancer, and cervical cancer. It urges the public to get screened regularly because early detection and treatment can improve the cancer survival rate. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang and Wu Dongmao in Taipei. The largest bakery expo in the Asia-Pacific opened in Taipei on Thursday. Speaking at the opening ceremony, President Tsai Ing-wen said the government was working to keep ingredient prices stable. But despite lower tariffs and tax expansions, uh, bakers say that the cost of doing business has soared. They say they might have to raise prices by up to 20 percent due to inflation and the war in Ukraine. A sweet filling of pomelo and grapefruit jam, a crispy crust and piped whipped cream make for a tasty tart. Over at this end, bakers knead dough and shape it into chocolate buns for the oven. The Taipei International Bakery Show is the largest event of its kind in the Asia-Pacific region. President Tsai Ing-wen attended its opening ceremony on Thursday. To reduce cost pressures, we have moved to lower import tariffs on ingredients such as milk powder and butter. We have also suspended business taxes on imported wheat in hopes of relieving the burden on everyone. Since last year, bakeries have grappled with the soaring cost of ingredients. Flour has gone up by 10 percent and butter by 40 to 50 percent depending on the brand. The price of nuts has skyrocketed, as has the price of packaging materials. We expect prices to go up this year. After all, the international situation isn't too good, and futures prices are also very high. We have to mentally prepare for the year ahead, as we expect costs to go a bit higher than last year. 
Right now, bakeries are just barely hanging on. It's not just that prices are going up. There's an even greater impact from increased shipping fees. At the start of this year, some baking businesses raised retail prices by 3% to 5%. Since then, the Russia-Ukraine war has driven wheat prices even higher and disrupted global shipping routes. Makers say that under the impact of inflation and the war, they may have to raise their prices by up to 20%. If costs ease up by April or May, we probably won't raise prices. But if the current situation continues, we may not be able to absorb these costs any longer. Hikes of 5 to 10 percent might not be enough. But we still have to consider the reaction of consumers and the market. Taiwan's baking industry had an output value of 37 billion NT last year, up from 12 percent from the year before. Exports totaled 3 billion NT. Although the industry is keen to expand globally, soaring costs may dampen their plans over the near future. A neighborhood in Kaohsiung has set up its own elderly care center where older adults can socialize and enjoy classes and events. Local cooks take care of the lunch in the kitchen, which is famous for its classic savory taro kanji. Some people say the kanji is the center's most famous member. Diced pork belly goes in the pan with mushrooms and shrimp. A nostalgic aroma fills the room. Then the ingredients are simmered in a big wok with taro, rice and water. Before long, a mouth-watering pot of traditional congee is served. In the past, we always used big bones for the broth, but we fear that our older customers might choke on the bones, so we stir-fry pork belly instead, which they said tastes great. <laughs> this elderly care centre was created by the residents of Lingya district and borough. Every day, local ladies gather here to cook a delicious and nutritious meal so that local pensioners can enjoy a hearty lunch while meeting new people and enjoying the company of their friends. Volunteers from the borough lead classes and local moms prepare meals, sharing their best recipes with the local elders. Mrs. Tsai is a great cook. Her cooking is delicious. She buys good food too. And she's very kind to people, very good. She's my neighbor and she takes good care of me. Neighbors here look after each other, making sure nobody is left to fend for themselves as they get older. A bowl of steaming hot congee is good for the body and good for the soul.